Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to our weekly shir, the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings, 11.30, live with First Seder Beis Medrash. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners. Hobez Hashem be joining the shir. Last week, we gave a shir on the Chacham Tzvi, Reb Tzvi Hersh Ashkenazi. And today we will continue with his son, Reb Yaakov Emden, known as the Yaivitz. <clears throat> Reb Yaakov Emden was Nifter Lamed Nisan, Tov Kuf Lamed Vav, 1776, the first day of Rish Chaydesh Iyar. His father, the Chacham Tzvi, had been Nifter in 1718 on the second day of Rish Chaydesh Iyar, Aleph Iyar. <coughs> so we don't have to go into much detail about his parents and his past because that was last week's year. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, as he's called, was born on Tesvav Sivan Tof Nun Ches, 1698, in the city of Altona. Now, if you remember from last week, the Chacham Tzvi, while he was in the city of Altona, lost some money, or lost a lot of money, and he became very depressed and sick from his depression that he might have to start taking presents from people, and he almost died from it. He had to go to the Rhine River, to some bathhouse, uh, some springs over there. And while he was there, his son Rabbi Yaakov was born, and he returned for the bris. Now, <clears throat> we mentioned last week that Rabbi Yaakov Emden wrote a sefer called Megillah Sefer. I think we mentioned it last week, where he gives the biography of his father and his own biography, autobiography. Um, so a lot of what I'm saying comes from there. So he writes, Umal Oisi, and my father did my bris milah, Achar Hayush, Shekvar Nitno HaMitzvah L'Moyel Acher, even though the mitzvah had been given to another moyel, and he's being miramis to something, an interesting shayla, that he actually talks about in one of his own svarim, called Migdal Oiz, in Nachal Gimel Oiz Yadalid, about if you already hired a moyel to do a bris milah, could you take it away and give it to a different moyel? But he writes, that if it's the father, then when the father comes thinking he wasn't going to make it and they hired a moyel, pakas chus automatically the rights of the moyel have, are taken off, he has no rights, because the father's rights over, override his mitzvah ba yoiser mi bishluchai, upshita she'ein alav shumaynashatarumas, Rabbi Yaakov the rights over there, that a, um, the moyel cannot have any tainas or punishments towards the father, Bavora Chazara, for retracting on the job. So that is <clears throat> what he said over here as well, that my father, even though the bris had been given over to a different moyel, because they thought my father wasn't going to make it, however, my father came back and he gave me my bris mila. Now he writes that he was the first son after three daughters, and therefore v'neskadalti al they raised me keben shashuim. He was like a prized child, a first boy after three girls, and uh, there were other sons after that. But um, his three older sisters uh, pampered him. So he writes his father um, brought him to school beis when he was a young age, after three years old. He says, by the time I was in my fifth year, I don't know if that means four or five, but it doesn't really make a difference. He must have been a very smart young uh, child. I already finished learning Mesech He says, my friends had not yet begun to learn how to read the uh, davening yet, and I was already finished Mesech But he writes a very interesting thing afterwards, and he says that even though that my father did that to me, to my younger brothers, he didn't bring them to school so 
early. He didn't push them ahead because he said, my father said, that the fact that he pushed me so early made me very weak and shvach. And he actually, as we'll see, as a child, he was constantly sick. As an adult, he was constantly sick. And he says his father, so to speak, learns his lesson not to push the child, the children too much because of that. Like I said, as a youngster, he was constantly sick. And he talks about... Now, a Megillah Sefer is a fascinating read. It's, it's long, but he goes into extreme great detail into his entire life. And, and it's impossible for me to even go through parts of it or, or, or uh, in detail the way he did in, this, in our shir. But if, you, uh, if you're ever looking for a, a very interesting read, you'll, you could uh, look up the Sefer Megillah Sefer. So he goes through, he was sick, uh, sickness after sickness, and then he says, his malamdim, his teachers, they're very cruel. He says, they hit me without any mercy. Um, so that was his childhood. Um, we mentioned last week that after his father gave up the Rabbonus in Altona because of the Machlaikas over there, his father got very sick and he almost died. And here, Rabbi Yaakov Emder writes, um, I and my sisters, we fasted. See, he was a young child, but him and his sisters fasted in one week, a Monday and a Thursday, as a refuah for his father, and eventually his father did get better. When he was 12 years old is when the family left and they went to Amsterdam, as we mentioned last week. Now, in, the, in Amsterdam, his father, in the beginning, there was an issue with Chazanim, that there had been in prior Machlaikas, we mentioned last week, that they tried to get him involved. And Rabbi Yankov Emden says, my father was busy with that, that and it caused a lot of Bittel Taira. And then afterwards, he had with the uh, Shabzai Tzvi Sefer, Nechemya, um, I think you pronounce it Chayun. I pronounced it maybe differently last week. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and he writes that my father, he, he couldn't learn with him because his father was busy with the Machlaikas. And not only that, his father could not hire Malamdim for his other children. So Rabbi says, Ani When I was young, I was 15 years old. I had to be, I had to learn with my two younger brothers. So he says, I didn't have a Rebbe to teach me. And in fact, I had to learn with my younger brothers. So he was lamenting the fact that he wasn't able to learn properly with his father. In Tafai and Dalit, as we said last week, the Chacham Tzvi, uh, traveled to London, and he sent his family to Emden. To Emden, they went by boat, and then they were went to Hanover, then Halberstadt, and then to Berlin. Um, <clears throat> while he was in Berlin, the, the Rabbi Yaakov Emden wrote his first tshuva. He was all of 16 years old at the time. The background is that his father, the Chacham Tzvi, had written a tshuva that he had received the Shiloh from Turkey. And the basic story was there was a lady whose brother, I guess, was going to go off the derech or do something very bad. And she spent a lot of money, and she gave him a lot of money to prevent that from happening. Now, after he didn't go off the derech, she went to her other brothers, and she said, listen, you have to share in the burden of what I spent, because you had an achrayis as well to save him. And not only that, if he would go off the derech, it would ruin your children's shaduchim, so you might have an achrayis to pay me. And therefore, she wanted some remuneration of the money that she had uh, laid out or spent to save the other brother. So they, that was the child that came to them, and the Chacham Suyad Paskin that she's incorrect, and they don't have to listen to her. In Tafai and Dalit, while, they, while the, Chacham, while the uh, Rabbi Yaakov Emden and his family was in Halberstadt, so he re- they received a letter from Rabbi Avram Yechiel 
from Gluga, who was the Mechaber of the Sefer Nezer HaKadosh, that he argued on the Chacham Tzvi's Psak, and he wanted the Chacham Tzvi to uh, respond to his questions. The Chacham Tzvi was traveling at the time, and he didn't have really time or, or to, uh, to look at it. So Rabbi Yankov Emden went and learned through the Sugya, and he answered, and in Berlin, while he was in his uncle's house in Berlin, he wrote a tshuva, and he... Um, <clears throat> He sent it without his father knowing what he wrote. Later on, when they were in the city of Breslau, he showed his father the tshuva. He had a lot of hanov and ashkani al and he kissed me um, on uh, on my head. And um, in Shailos Yaivitz, the tshuvas of the Yaivitz, Simon Aleph, Beis, and Gimel are these tshuvas. Um, Aleph, I think, is the tshuva that uh, that the Chamsvi wrote, and Beis and Gimel. Um, he clearly added to the tshuva later in life because if you go through the tshuva, sometimes he refers to his father as alive. Nun reish vav is like we say shlita. And uh, sometimes he refers to him as zatzal. So Yitzchak added to the tshuva later in life, but those were the, that's the first tshuva that he wrote as a 16-year-old, mimkaim, um, so to speak, um, his father. Now in the Hakdama to Shailis Yaivis, he writes, the one time when I was a Tinoik, Murkov, and I was uh, on my, my father's lap, I asked my father why he signs his name as his tshuvas, plain Svi. He doesn't write uh, Ben, uh, Ben Yaakov, he just writes Svi. So he says, my father answered me that no, Tzvi is maybe my name, but it also stands for Tzvi Ben Yaakov. So I'm really signing Tzvi Ben Yaakov. And he told me, he says, when you will be zaychet to write tshuvas one day in life, you should sign your name Yaivitz, that stands for Yaakov, Yud and Ayin stand for Yaakov, Ben Svi. It's interesting, I think most people think that Yaivitz stands for Yaakov Emdin Ben Svi, but clearly the Ayin is part of Yaakov. He told him you'll sign it Yaakov, Yaakov Ben Svi. And says Yaakov Emdin, Vatigzer Oimer Vayakam, it's written that when a tzaddik decrees something, it happens. For sure, when it was decreed from this holy mouth, it's known that the Chamsui didn't say anything at waste. His blessing was a blessing. And I, woe is to the person, I'm sorry, who received a curse from the Chamsui, the Lechazarekam, it did not come back empty handed. So that is where he got the name Yaivitz. His father, when he was a young child, told him that he should sign his name Yaivitz when he gets older. Now, from Berlin, they traveled to Breslau, as we said before, and this was in the summer of Tafai and Dalin. In Breslau, there was a, one of the Tamid Chachamim there was Renaftali Katz was there, and he decided that Rabbi Yaakov would be a good shidduch for his granddaughter, the daughter of his son, Rav Mardchai, who was a Rav in the city of Brod, and this is not the Brod of Poland, this is called Ungarish Brod, which is in what's today Czech, um, in Marin, in Moravia, and <clears throat> he made the Shidduch, and they promised a dowry, a dowry, a dowry of um, um, a thousand Reichs, whatever, whatever the uh, Reichs teller, whatever the uh, the currency was at the time, and also Parnassa for four years. And in the year Tafayin Hay, in the summer, he traveled. Um, I'm sorry, he married her in Breslau by the grandfather. I think we mentioned this last week as well. 
the Cham Tzvi had been called to a Din Taira in Hamburg, I think it was, and he came back on the way back in Breslau, was the Chasana, and Rabbi Yaakov went to live in his father-in-law's house in Breid in, uh, in Moravia. <clears throat> now, this is when he took leave of his father, and um, he writes that he's going to live in Marin in Moravia, Amveloshen Hikarti, a nation and a language that I don't recognize, Minhage Medina Hergalti, these are customs that I'm not accustomed to, Valkulam, and he says, but the biggest thing is that I'm leaving my father, I wasn't Zoycha to be Meshamish to learn from my father properly. He writes that when I was younger, I thought I'd still have time, and then as I got older, and we went to Amsterdam, um, as we said before, he was busy with all of the Muhammad he has. In um, <coughs> in uh, the Akdama to Maruxia, he writes, Mishanasi Bar Mitzvah, from when I became Bar Mitzvah, Ad Shinasasi Isha, till I get married, when I was 17 years old, Hoya Avi Torid Bemachemes Mitzvah. Um, <clears throat> my father was busy with the Mechemes, Mitzvah, and Chayva. That was the Mechama against the Shabbat Tzvi, as we mentioned before. And therefore, he laments the fact that he wasn't Zaycha to learn from his father properly. Now, even though he says he didn't learn from his father, he brings from his father many, many times. Psokim and Hanhagas will bring just a few of them. In Simon Payalif, <clears throat> he writes, and in, in, this is in... Um, in in Chalis in in the Chuvis and Shalis Yavitz, Kadhavina Talya of Garcina Gamara Ba Anpa Abamari Hagoinzal. Um Bhlal, here he's just saying that when I was young and I learned Gemara from my father, um and this is like so number one, you see he learned Gemara with his father when he was young, that when I would get to the Psukim in the Gemara and I would read them and I wouldn't say the Shem Hashem, I would just say Hashem. Kefima Shishamati Mimilamdai. That's how my Rabbeim taught me. Hayagoyer he said he would get angry to people who wouldn't read the Pasuk properly. And he says that when you come to a Pasuk in your Gemara learning and you say the Shem Hashem, you say the actual Shem Hashem. That's a Psak that he brings from the Chacham Tzvi. Um, so, but here you see he learns Gemara from his father. In Akdamat Tashelis Yaivetz, Chelek Aleph, he writes, I didn't learn from my father in the Paiskim, Kim Eze Simonim, uh, only a few simanim in Torah so it seems he learned some halacha with his father as well. Like we said, he still mentions many anhagas from his father in Simonon Beis, in Chuvas. When it talks about Matzah Shabbos Chanukah, do you say Havdalah first, or do you say, or you do like Ner Chanukah first? He writes, um, he says, Ani Zachar Miktanusi, I remember when I was young. Avi Mairi Malig, he would make fun of those who say that you light Ner Hanukkah first. You for sure have to do Havdalah first. In Simon Sadi Dalid, in how to recite the bracha, Shakal Nihiyabid Varai. Do you say Nihiyabid Varai or do you say Nihiyabid Varai? So Reb Zalman Hanna was one of the big Medaktikim at the time. He was known as the Raza. V'chein Shamati Me'avi Kishaisa Tinaik. When I heard from my father when I was a tinik, Shesachak Belag Harbe Eloimrim Besegel. Reb Zalman Hanna um, was, uh, he, he says you're supposed to say Besegel, Segel Nihiyah is a lotion of Haive, Shakol Nihiyah, everything happens. The Chacham Tzvi was saying you say Nihiyah, which is a lotion of our. It seems Reb Zalman Hanna was changing um, the way it was said, and he says my father made fun of those, and he goes through Diktuk to explain why um, why you should say Nihiyah Bidvarai. Um, in Maruxia, Tuf Lamed Beis, 
in Hilchus Bedikas Chamesh, Shariisi La'aba, I saw my father, Shalag, he made fun on the people who put out ten pieces of bread so that the person making the Bedikas should find them. And they say it's Al Pi Arizal, Vuhuzal Hoyabaki, Bikal Kisri Arizal. My father was a Baki in all the writings of Arizal. And most of his customs was Alpida Arizal, and if he didn't do it, so it can't be there's such an Arizal. So again, it's just interesting, many of the times he brings his father, he's bringing from when, his, when he was young, obviously, but he's always uses such a lush, and his father made fun of this one, the father got angry at this one, very interesting lushiness that he brings about the Chacham Tzvi. As we know from last week, the Chacham Tzvi was very, very stark. And the last one we'll bring in the Mishabura, Tafresh Sadi, Sifkatan Nuntas and Hilchas Purim, he brings over there the Mishabura quotes that the Rabbi Yaakov Emden, it's really from the Siddur of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, brings that his father, the Chamsvi, Hayamake, he would hit and he would spit with his foot, and he would uh, bang with his shoe, when it came to what we call clapping Haman. So the, that was the Minug of the Chamsvi. And again, like I said, many, many places he brings from his father. Now, when he got to the city of Broad, the cholera epidemic um, was there, or, or came shortly afterwards, broke out, and they had to run away from the city, and they were in the, in the forest and the hamlet, little villages, for a few weeks, and when he came back, it seems that his father-in-law now had lost a lot of money, and he wasn't able to fulfill his obligations of supporting him, and he writes, I saw, I saw an oilam chadash afterwards, it was a new world, and he had very little at the time, and it seems that his wife was also a very, very strong-willed woman. He says that uh, she was... She got angry quickly, but I was able to pacify her quickly. But it seems she was a very strong person. And uh, he writes at that time, He says, From my whole life, I didn't have one day of peace. Um, and But still, and um, he says, but I still continue to learn, and if not for the Torah, who knows what would have happened for me. And that really touches up, as we're going to continue seeing in his life, he really did not have one day of peace. If you look at some of the other Taldas, they say how he lived in a wonderful life. If you read his own autobiography, there's nothing, there's not one day that went by that he had an easy day. And then he writes, so, Iker chasim in a sefer. The Iker is missing from the Sefer. Ritzayni, what do I mean? He says, literally, I did not have Svarim. Chaser min ha-sefer. I did not have Svarim. He says, all I had was the tour, set of tour, that my uncle gave me as a chasin a present. He says, I didn't have even one volume of the Gemara. Except if it was very hard, I, with a lot of kaishi gadol, I was able to borrow a volume of Gemara. Then he says, even my father-in-law had many sets of shas, I didn't have any permission to take them. So, and in, in the Chuvah, Simon Dalit, he writes to his brother-in-law, um, I think it was in Vienna, he writes it, and he writes how he, Pasha doesn't have Gemaras, and it's, for some reason, his father-in-law's family, there was, again, something with the money, that there was uh, some type of schism over there, and uh, they didn't let him borrow the Gemaras. He says, but still, the Bachrim came, Bachrim v'leimdim chashuvim, and I learned with them, I guess he learned Balpeh, maybe they brought some Gemaras, and uh, he learned with the, the Bachrim over there, um, as, uh, in, even though he had such hardships. Now at this time, he writes, um, in Akdama to Maruxia, Chelek Beis, um, and the Maruxia is actually written on the tour. If you look in the Sharblat, it's not on Shulchan Aruch, it's really based on the tour. He writes, I looked at Shulchan Aruch and Ramah a little bit, and Magan Avram, but it was Iker on the tour. 
So he writes, Mioz Hachiloisi Lechaber Sefer Zebi Mechorfi. I started to write this Sefer when I was young. In the year Tuf Ayin Vav, Bishnas Dover Beitoi. Itoi is Tuf Ayin Vav, Matoiv. Miyada Chare Nisur Rishayim, right after my first marriage. And uh, so he started writing it um, when he was, at this time period, when he was very young, in his late teens. Um, if you look over there in, fr- in the beginning of Hilchus Chanukah, he writes, This is what I wrote, we may Churfi Tal Yaldusi, when I was very young. And at the end of Chelek Beis, he writes also this entire Sefer, More than 50 years ago in the year Dovor Beitai. Now, so that was Tafayin Vav. Tafayin Vav was, um, was uh, 1716. In Tafayin Ches, 1718, we know that his father was Nifter in Lvov suddenly, and that this was an ER, and at the end of the summer of Tafayin Ches, he traveled to Lvov, and in Cheshvan of Tafayin Tes, after Sukkis, they made Akamas Matseva, and he said it's Russia, and he, and he, wrote, he, he, he wrote it in a sefer called Yitziv Piskam, it's talking about putting up a Matseva, Yitziv, and um, that's, he didn't print the Sefer till later, but that was the name of the Kundras, which was the Drasha, he said, at Akamas Matseva. He remained in Lvov, they wanted to make him um, the head of the Bezdin, not the Av Bezdin or the Rav, but the Reish Bezdin. He says, I didn't have a beard yet, so therefore they couldn't make me the Rav, but they would have. I'll cover for my father. Um, his father left over, the Chamsi left over seven young Yusayimim, um, some of them, uh, he, he was involved in their learning and in their shidduchim. His mother, although she received many shidduch um, perspectives, she was read many shidduchim, but she refused. She was in a lot of tsar over the petir of his father, and she was nifter um, a half a year later, gimel shvat, um, tough ayin tes from the pain. And the next day he writes, my sister was all three years old, was nifter as well. And it says on the matseva, v'yalda ketana, not only is this, the, the Rebetzin's Matseva and her young daughter Esther, that she took for her, her daughter, to lay next to her. She was nifted the next day after her mother. He says that I got very sick after that and they almost gave up hope. But Baruch Hashem, he had a refua. He wanted to stay in Lvov and take care of his younger siblings. Now they didn't have not a mother or a father, but his wife refused to come. And um, in the summer of Tafayin Tess, he went back to his wife in his city, and he brought with him back some svarim of his father, the Chachamsvi svarim, to uh, distribute them and sell them in Klai Yisrael. He also had some debts, some uh, debt documents that people owed his father that he was hoping to be able to collect and maybe help out with his siblings' uh, shaduchim. Um in the end, at the end of that summer of Tayyafayintas, he went to Hamburg to go and try to collect some of the Chaivas, sell the Svarim. He wasn't very Matzliach. He was there the whole winter of Tough Pei, um, 1720. Afterwards, he was in Hanover. Afterwards, he was in Frankfurt on the Main. Afterwards, he heard that one of the people owed him money. His brother was very rich or beca- became very rich in London. So he traveled to London to collect the Chaivas. He wasn't Matzliach there. Everywhere he went, he was not Matzliach. Um, after Pesach of Tuf Pe'alif, he traveled to Amsterdam. Um, over there, he got very sick. He writes all about it, how he got sick. And eventually, he actually had a parasite in him. And he says he pulled out a worm from his himself that was Kama Amos long. 
he thought his kishkas were falling out. He got very scared. After that, it seems that that was, he had felt this tapeworm in him or this parasite in him. And, and after we constantly caused him to be sick. Um, in London, he was sick as well. Uh, from there, he went to, to Fjord, Fjorda, and there to Prague. And there he went to um, Brno in Moravia. We were in Brno. Brno is in, now in the Czech Republic. Um, it's a whole area. And in the middle of the winter, tough pay bays, he went from Brno, or, or Brin, as, Brin, as he calls it, he traveled back to his house of Brod on a sled. It was frozen ground, and they went on a sled. Now, I guess they overbooked on the sled because his leg was sticking off the side of the sled as it was uh, traveling. And what happened was another sled passed by and it smashed his leg. And because of that, he was limping for many weeks. Like I said, this is like a, a, a tragedy after tragedy, story after story um, that he had here. Very not matzliach. Um, in the Akdam of Chelek Beis, he says, even with everything that happened to me, in Kozech Zakti Munas Avoisai Nege Kol Asibes I held strong to the Umnis. I'm not Munas Umnis, the uh, trade of my forefathers, even in the face of all of these hardships. Lirdef Achrei Melechas Hashem Bamuna to continue the Melacha of Hashem. Now he really did not want to become a Rav. He he was he he wanted to work. Um, for his parnasa, he would send like skins, goat skins, and wool that he got from Hungary, and he would send it to Amsterdam. And from Amsterdam, they would send him back um, things that were needed to sell in uh, in his land and his Hungary. He'd make this is how he made his parnasa. Um, but he also had a lot of uh, mishaps and people ripping him off um, in his business as well. In tough pay, hey, I guess he was trying to get something across the border to Hungary. He was caught by the uh, by the by the tax people, and they had he was brought to Pressburg to be put on trial. And after a lot of ishtadlus, so he was found to be innocent. But like I say, even everything went uh, was always uh, an issue. Everything was going wrong. Um, in Tafpeches, he went to Amsterdam because he had sent ahead some uh, some some schayra to try to be sold, and it wasn't sold, and he tried to go take care of it over there. Um, while he was there, he got sick. He wasn't able to return home. In Nisan of Tafpeches, he left Amsterdam to go back home, and on the way, he stayed in the city of Emden for Pesach. And on Cholomay Pesach, the city of Emden, they wanted him as a rav, and they gave him a ksav rabonis, and for whatever reason, he decided to accept it, and he brought his wife and his family to Emden to be the rav in Emden. In Emden, he taught Torah, he wrote many svarim while he was there, he wrote, he was a prolific writer and prolific speaker, and he wrote tens and tens of svarim, some that he printed in his life, others that were not printed in his life, I think they made a count, over 30 svarim were printed after he was nifter, maybe more, but he composed, he hadn't printed them yet, he composed his sefer, Lechem Shamayim, which is on Mishnai Yisroi Menmoyed, Moruksiya, the Madura Basra, on half of Tor Shulchan Aruch Arachayim. He wrote um, some of his uh, chuvis, his drushes. He made many takanas while he was there in Emden. To, there were a lot of things that people were doing incorrectly. In fact, he received a letter from a rav, I forgot, the, the, one of the chuvas. He received a letter that they were saying that he's too machmer on them in Emden. Um, and just like his father, he was not afraid of anybody. He said it the way it was. And, and the way that goes is that, of course, it makes uh, issues. One of the leaders of the, uh, of the community, wealthy person, uh, didn't get along with him. 
they had uh, uh, numerous, um, um, I want to say fights, but numerous issues with each other. There was one about giving an aliyah to a blind person. This is a tshuva brought in uh, Yaivitz, in Shailas Yaivitz, Simon Ayin Hay. He happens to hold it's Aser. It's a big, uh, you look in the Mishabura, Nochas Kriyas Atayra, there's a big uh, machlaikas about it, but he held it was Aser. They didn't ask him and they gave the aliyah. Um, it's interesting, at the end of the tshuva he writes that they told me that a very similar thing happened to my father in Amsterdam that also there was a blind person who for years was getting aliyahs and he stopped it from happening and he writes over there just like what happened to my father happened to me what happened to Yaakov happened to my father you have these people who are always making trouble for the Rabbanon just like my father had this problem, I had this problem as well. Um, at that point, uh, after this machlaikas, he actually wanted to leave the Rabbanis, but they, they didn't let him. They convinced him to stay. Uh, he brought a lot of bracha to Emden. Emden, there had been a flood 19 or 20 years before, and because since then the rivers, there were no, the river, the water was very uh, dirty and dangerous, and there were no fish in the waters. And when he came, all of a sudden the waters became very sweet, and there was an abundance of fish. They never tasted such good fish. There was also a shefa of business that came to the city um, that he brought with him. Mamash like tzaddikim, bring bracha beragleim. Um, but it's interesting, he himself could not get used to the climate of Emden, and his wife and his family, they were constantly getting sick. Now, he himself was from this neighborhood as a child, but his wife and his family were from much more south, from Marin, Moravia, and they could not get used to it, and they were constantly being sick. After three years, there was another uh, spat that he had with that same um, that same uh, Gvir. This Gvir wanted his son to blow Shoifer. His son didn't have a beard. And as we'll see, this is, you know, one of the modern things was uh, shaving a beard. Their Bianca Vemden was, of course, very against such a thing. And he says, I didn't, I didn't allow that this young fool is going to be the one to blow Shoifer for us. And because of that, the Gvir didn't want to pay his salary. So he says, um, at this point, he decided that he's going to leave the Rabbonus. This was his only Rabbonus. He got the name Rabbi Yaakov Emden. This was his only Rabbonus, a three-year Rabbonus his entire life. And he writes, I chose to be a free man. He decided to go to the city, back to the city of Altona, to my place where I was born. I should be a simple person and not a slave to this nation. And that's what he writes in Megillah Sefer. In Shailas Yaiv, it's Chelik Bey, Simon Samachalav, he writes, Every day I make a bracha, Baruch Shaloi Asani Oved. So this is a play on the words, Loi Asani Oved, Ayin Bey's Dalid, which means a slave. But also it could be read Aleph Bey's Dalid, which stands for Av Bezdin, which means the Rav of a city. So he says, I can make a bracha every day. Um, he says, I do make a brach every day. Shaloi Asani Oved Hashem did not make me a Rav. Baruch Shepetrani, Baruch that I am Potter from being a Rav. So he did not really want to be a Rav. And uh, that was his whole stint. And the Rabbanus was three years. So in Elul of Tav Tzadi Beis, he left Emden and he went to, um, and he went to Altona. In Altona, he, they gave him Rishos to make his own minion in his house. He didn't want to go to the big shul, and he had health issues, he had a, which was a, 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 not a common thing, that they allowed such a thing, but they did allow him to have his own minion. 
Um, while he was there, he started printing many of his svarim that he had composed, Lechem Shamayim. Um, there was a Shaila about a, a Psuadaka, and he wrote, Igaris Bikiris is called, I think he was upholding the Psak of the Rav of Altaina, Rabbi Cheskel Ellenbogen, uh, Katzen Ellenbogen his name was, and uh, that was that Sefer. He started to print the Shailas she- Yaivich, was his Chuvas. However, the uh, Balabatim of the city said that he cannot print it, calls man the Rav of the city is alive. They felt there was a pegia that someone who's not the Rav of the city should be printing Chuvas that he paskined. Um, and that was a, another issue that he had there. Um, he then printed the Sefer Yitziv Piskam, which we said before was his hespit on his father at the Akamas Matseva. He had a son whose name was Svi Hirsch, named after his father, the Cham Tzvi. His actually was second son that was named after his father. The first son was Nifter Young. He named his second son, another son again Svi Hirsch. He writes over there that even though Rabbi Yudah Chassid says not to do it, he wasn't concerned for whatever reason about Rabbi Yudah Chassid. And his second son was also Nifter, the Svi Hirsch. So the second son, in the back of the Sefer, Yitziv Piskam, which was the... Um, the Hespit he said on his father, he wrote a Zikaran there for his son as well, who had been Nifter um, in the year Tav Kuf. Now, the year before that, in his, re- his wife was Nifter, Rishchidosh Tammuz of Tav Tzadi um, Tess. Tav Tzadi Tess, his wife was Nifter. It's interesting, Altona, he writes that his family didn't have issues with the climate. So even though Emden and Altona are um, both very north, they're not like Moravia, but I guess the climates between the two um, are, are, are different. And, uh, but eventually his wife was Nifter, and he married his second uh, wife. Um, in Tav Kuf Gimel, he got very sick. Kemat Parcha Nishmas, he almost died. On Tu Bishvat, and then he had a Rafur Shalema, so he made the Tu Bishvat every year um, would be a Yantif. Um, he, he unfortunately had, as we'll, he had, as we'll see, he had three wives. He had many, many children, and many of them were nifter, um, either in childhood or as babies. It's also very sad to read how many children he lost from his all his wives. Um, his second um, uh, rabbitson was nifter. Um, she got very sick, and he was sick as well, and she was getting better, and he writes, they gave her some type of chocolate drink that they thought would help her, but for her sickness, it was actually detrimental, and it ended up killing her. And uh, so she was Nifter. She, um, I don't remember how long he was married to her for, but it was it was not very long. I think he might have had one or two children from her, so it was a couple years. And then he got engaged to his niece, the the daughter of his brother, Rabbi Ephraim, who lived in Lvov. Um... In the year Tav Kuf Hay, he received um, rishus from the government to open his own printing house. And he was able to print other people's farm, but his own svarim as well. And that's when he started printing his sefer. Rabbi Yaakov Emden Siddur, I'm sorry, not a sefer, his Siddur. The Siddur, the Rabbi Yaakov Emden Siddur is a classic sefer in Klai Yisrael. And uh, it's made up of a few halakim. And when he finished it, um, there was a machlaikis in, uh, in Ehu, in those uh, three cities that he was in, in Altona, in Hamburg, and uh, Vadensbeck, Vadensbeck, and um, because in the Musr there, based on a Gemara, he basically said that, the Gemara talks about a chenveni, about not being a storekeeper, and he says the money changes of today is a omnis listim, it's a uh, thievery uh, a business. 
And of course, uh, they got very angry at him and they wanted to make a psak in the city that anyone who buys the sitter has to tear out that page. And then they started going through it and finding tainas. He changed a lot of the nuschais of Ashkenaz, Alpida Arizal. He writes this in the Hakdama that he's changing it, Alpida Arizal. He, like, he, like his father, he went Alpida Arizal and... Um, Eventually, they gave over the Siddur to six Dayanim, I think it was, to check it over and give out a psak, but they didn't want to start up with him. They didn't end up giving out a psak, and things calmed down. That was the first two Chalakim. He eventually printed the third Chalak, and everything was pretty quiet from that. Um, in the year Tov Kuftes, Rabbi Cheskel, Katzenel, and Bogen was the Rav, as we know, and he was Nifter. They asked him to be the Rav. His father had been the Rav. And he refused the Rabbanus. Grandfather was the Rav, and he refused the Rabbanus. And they took the Rebbe Rebbeinus and Ibshitz, who was the Rav of Metz at the time, in the year in Elul of Tuf Kuf Yud, which is in the year um, 1750. And um, in the beginning, they were mechabed each other. And uh, to understand the Bachleikus of Endim and the Rebbe Rebbeinus and Ibshitz, you have to understand the history of the time. The Churban that Shabsi Tzvi brought to Kla Yisrael, and the people, the groups of Shabsi Tzvi, were Isaac in Kabbalah, and at least what they said was Kabbalah, and they were Ivory Surim, um, Arayis, and all different things, Shem Hashem, Treif, all in the name of Kabbalah, and it brought major destruction to Kla Yisrael, and. Um, <clears throat> And um, in fact, even the Av Bezin Rabbi Cheskel, the previous Av Bezin, he said no one's allowed to learn Sifrei Kabbalah. A lot of Sifrei Kabbalah were written by the by the Kat of uh, the groups of Talmidim Shabsei Tzvi, the Shmecht from Shabsei Tzvi. Either way, they were keeping away from Kabbalah. Um, and in fact, the Ivitz in his Sefer Teres Haknois, where he goes against Shabsei Tzvi, he has a list of famous Svarim at the time that people were using the had Remozim to Shabsei Tzvi. So this is the background of it. And therefore, we talked about this in the, by the Pnei Yeshua and the Naidim Yehuda. This was going on for a very long time. There were pockets of Shabsei Tzviniks. And therefore, anyone who did anything a little different, already people got very nervous from. And... Um, so when the Rebbe Rebbeinus and Ibshitz came to the city of, uh, of uh, to become the Rav in Ehu, so he wrote some kmeas, these uh, amulets. He had written them in Metz, and there were a lot of ladies who had miscarried at the time um, in, 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 in Altona and in Hamburg, and he wrote kmeas for them and helped them. And they brought one of the kmeas to Rebbe Yaakov. He did, the whole thing, he really didn't want to get involved in it. But Lamaisa, it's not really clear if the Rebbeinus wrote this kmea or someone shepherd with it. And Lamaisa, he said that it has Shmeks of Shabsai, Ramazim and Shabsai Tzvi there. And they, they went back and found Kameas that he got, that he gave out in Metz. And it ended up a big Melcham and Kla Yisrael, the Pnei Yeshua, Rib Shmuel Hillman, the Rav of Metz, um, the Rav of Hanover, the Rav of Amsterdam, together with Rib Yankov Emden. They were very, very, um, they made a Melchama against. Um, these Kameyas of the Rebbe Rebbeinus and Ibshitz, but like uh, like many Machleiksim of Gedalim, it took on a life of its own, and it ended up into two big groups in Kla Yisrael and in the city itself, and um, then they said uh, lies in the name of Rebbe Yankov Emden about Rebbe Yenis and Ibshitz, to Rebbe Yenis and Ibshitz, and to the leaders of the city, so they put Rebbe Yankov Emden in Cherem, because of that, he was, life was in danger in the middle of the night, in Eir of Tavkuf Yedalev, Chavdal in Eir, he had to run away to Amsterdam. Um, 
Um, and that just made things worse in Ehu because now his group said, you made our here our, our Rav leave. Begavem didn't have to leave in the middle of the night. His family was left there. It was a very bad situation. Eventually, the king, the ruler, found out about it and he heard what's going on by the Jews and he looked into it and he made Xera. Nobody's going to talk about it anymore. Um, and he, he, and it, was, it was a very, very tough time for Klai Yisrael. In Amsterdam, um, he printed his Sefer Teres Haknois on Inyanim of Shabzai Tzvi. And on Tuba of Tov Kuf Yud Beis, after 14 months, he was able to return home after the king had given out his edict that everybody, no one's allowed to talk about it anymore. And in fact, in Iyar Tov Kuf Yud Gimel the next year, he had a son, Rabbi Yaakov Inim Dim Levi, and the Pasuk, Levi Omar, because he was tested with a fight of uh, a fight of Hashem. Um, he wrote many, many, many chiburim, many kuntresim, many pamphlets, many svarim against um, the Kat of Shabzai Tzvi. He wrote about the Machlaikas, many different, uh, many different svarim. Like I said, he was a prolific writer and he used it to uncover and to be Megala packets of Shabzai Tzvi throughout Kla Yisrael. Um, but this was still going on. There were still issues. Um, they broke into his house once. They were almost, his wife was expecting. She got all scared. And they almost, they were searching through for things. He, he suffered a lot for this. And even after the Rebbeinus and Ibishes was nifter, in Tav Chuf Chavdalit, it still did not, it still did not stop. Like we said, his entire life he fought against Shabzai Tzvi to be Megala, the packets of the remnants of Shabzai Tzvi. And throughout his safe Tzvarim, you, you find this, besides all the different Kuntresim he wrote, but in his Halachat Tzvarim, like in Maruk Tzios, in Aleph, when he talks about um, Tikkun Chatzais, that the Iker Tikkun Chatzais, lamenting the Chorban and Chatzais, is in Eretz Yisrael. But he says you should do it even in Chutzlar, it's especially in this generation, he says, that Anshe B'nai B'lial, you have these people who are saying there's no more Golis anymore, they follow uh, Shabzai Tzvi, and they say the Shekhinah is not in Golis anymore, you don't have to worry about Avelos, because Shabzai Tzvi was Mavatel Tishabov. It's not a time of Sefait, it's not a time of eulogies, it's time to dance, and they were Mata Reis Befar Hesia, and not only that, they were Mechaye the Mesim de Meikara. He says the Yitzharah of Avodah with Anshe Knesses Agdola killed. They were Mechayim Mason, the Yitzharah of Avodah Zarah. Can Yovdu Kolivecho Hashem? And you find this in numerous places, like in Shin Lamid when he talks about Chilu Shabbos, Pikuach Nefesh. You're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos for a guy. Vekavu Chaimer Apikursim Achadoshim Amatuavin discussing Apikursim Kat Shabbos They're worse than Yovdu Avodah Zarah. And he says, and even if they do tshuva, you have to be very careful because they only just do it to sh- on the outside to show, but inside they're still trying to get people to uh, to come to their groups. You have to be very careful. And in Tav Kufid Gimel, you're not allowed to cook for them on Yontif. Um, so this was um, this was uh, his fight against uh, Shabzai Tzvi and the Kat of Shabzai Tzvi. And really, for the rest of his life, that's what he did. He used his his writing skills against them. Um, when it comes to his own svarim and even his father's svarim, he really didn't go around selling them to anyone. Um, and he writes this in his Shailas Yaivas Chaylevay and he says, Echad me'elif ha'mainim royim oisam, only one of a thousand people are going to see my svarim, because I don't go around peddling all my svarim. And therefore, Rubam kekulam munachim bezavis kasefer Torah, most of them are left out in the corner, in a corner like a sefer Torah. 
If you remember, we talked about the get of Cleve. We talked about this numerous times by the Hafla and other times with the Noida Behuda. And in Tafkov Chavav and Chavzayin, he was also together with the Noida Behuda involved in that famous get, the get of Cleve. In he was Nifter Lamed Nisan Tafkov Lamed Vav 1776 in Altona, and he was buried there. It was Erev Shabbos. He was buried before Shabbos, not very far from the kever of the Rebbe of Yenis and Ibshitz as well. I just want to end off one last thing. I know I'm a little over time. Um, in his Siddur, in Chaydesh Av, by Tisha B'av, he talks about the inter uh, Kla Yisrael assimilating. He talks about a Barichas there, about the women, very Makbanam fashions, the Gaisha fashions, even more than the Gayim. He talks about the Jews who shave their faces to look like, to look like women, and all these modern fashions. And he, he laments the fact that Kla Yisrael assimilates and... Um, in the Hakadama to the Siddur, he writes, and this is a very interesting thing, and some of the historians say that, um, some of the historians say that uh, he really understood the generation, and that is, he says, this is all comes from a lack of gaiva. He says, I don't mean bad gaiva, I mean good gaiva. Gaiva to Kedusha. If we would be proud of who we are, we wouldn't have to assimilate. If we would understand who Kala Yisrael is, what our Torah is, every person has two malachim escorting him. If we had Gaiva to Kedusha, we wouldn't have these problems. You can look over there in the Akadama to the Siddur of Rebbe Yankov Emden, where he talks about this Barichos, a fascinating, fascinating thing, and that really touches up the generation, why assimilation, and all of these things, because Kala Yisrael didn't have this Gaiva to Kedusha. We should be Zaycha that we should recognize who we are as a Klai Yisrael. This is the life of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. S'chusa yogan aleinu v'al Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kaltov.